What does business, chronic injuries, illness, tight muscles, and physical therapy all have in common? Well, underlying them all and how we respond to them all is the nervous system. In this episode, we get to dive into all of these topics and look at how they intertwine with each other in such an amazing and powerful way. It was so much fun to get to sit down and talk to another physical therapist turned entrepreneur and wellness coach who also explores how all of these things really tie together and when we can optimize them and understand them, our life has so much more ease and authenticity. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 83 of the Unweaving Chronic Pain Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Andrea Moore, founder of the Whole Self Integration Method, and I am on a mission to help others decode their pain to unlock radical alignment and authenticity in their lives so they can live a life full out, not one where they are keeping themselves unintentionally small due to chronic pain. I use over a decade of experience, both clinically and personally, as a doctor of physical therapy. I combine it with the latest neuroscience, my training as a certified life coach, somatic practitioner, and so much more, all focused on chronic pain and helping you alchemize your chronic pain into the key that unlocks a whole new life better than you ever dreamed of. Today, I get to sit down with Dr. Allison McLean, a physical therapist, yoga therapist, massage therapist, and business and wellness coach who brings a unique blend of expertise to guide other wellness entrepreneurs towards sustainable growth, increased revenue, and a harmonious work-life balance. On top of the many lives Allison has lived, for the last couple decades, she has guided hundreds of students in overcoming injuries, managing pain, and achieving their health goals, as well as building a successful and profitable physical therapy and wellness clinic while leading classes, workshops, and yoga trainings. After going through a life-altering journey from a diagnosis of Lynch syndrome, a genetic mutation associated with heightened risk of various cancers, she was led to what is now her true passion, empowering fellow wellness entrepreneurs to grow their businesses sustainably, maximize profits, and prioritize their own well-being while savoring life's joys. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Welcome, Allison. I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I feel like it has been, I don't even know, five, six years since yeah. we've seen each other face to face. I mean, not yeah. Zoom to Zoom because we've actually never met in person, but yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about it. I was like, did we? <laughs> I know. No, we didn't. <laughs> but we've known each other a while now. <laughs> we have. And it's just like one of those funny things about the internet where you just like find your internet people and you like kind of stalk their life journey from afar. And I feel like that's what it was like for you. And I kind of lost track of you for a few years. And then you yeah. just came on my radar and I'm like, man. It would be so fun to talk to. Yay! Similar background. So why don't you start by telling people where you started clinically and then kind of bring it into like where you are now and pull in anything else you want. Have fun. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, right now I'm helping wellness entrepreneurs grow a profitable wellness business. And that journey for me started 20 plus years ago as a massage therapist. Actually, I got certified as a personal trainer and my undergraduate was health and exercise science. So I was always enamored and fascinated by learning about the body and all the ways to like help it and challenge it and 
all the things. So it started with massage and I was practicing yoga. And then eventually I figured out when I was had a massage clientele and pretty much my own massage office, I was running a space in a spa mm-hmm. that I was really only knew the tip of the iceberg. And I wanted to learn more about the body, what is actually going on underneath my fingers. So I went into physical therapy school and came out and Truthfully, I never wanted to be a traditional therapist. My mindset was like, if I can make close to 100K and charge 150 for a massage with my certification, then if I have my doctorate, then I better be able to do better. Yeah. If you went into traditional PT, that is. Yeah. There's nothing. Sorry. No. No. So it was different. And plus, I was always a yogi at heart. And so I've been practicing yoga since 2000. And yoga itself helped me out of a mentally a really dark place. When I was in college, I had a bunch of injuries. I had a bunch of surgeries. I was division one diver and I couldn't dive anymore and kind of shook my whole identity. And I was like, who am I? What am I doing? That whole exploration. And yoga really helped me both physically and mentally. So I knew when I graduated with my physical therapy degree, I loved the knowledge and I loved my classmates. I was like, finally thought like, I was like, oh, I found my community. Like I loved it all. I just didn't want to work in the seeing three patients at a time, back to back to back, like not getting my hands on people for real because being in the massage world in my cave for so long, I felt like these five minute STM type stuff was just not enough. Plus, I was noticing, since I know you love the nervous system, was when I was working in the PT because I did my clinical rotation, I did work in a traditional setting for a couple of years, is that I would look at the patients on the table and some of them are white knuckling it through some of the manual mobilizations and tightening and grimacing. And I get it. Some people that works and they love it. But for me personally, I've gone through a lot of physical trauma in my youth. If a therapist, whether it be a physical therapist or a massage therapist or body worker, if they're too fast, too aggressively, my nervous system goes on guard and that work is counterproductive. And even it triggers old wounds and I just want to get off the table and it's not healing at all for me. And I realized there's not too many physical therapy settings that provide, quote unquote, a safe space for people that maybe nervous systems are, their threshold is different. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I wanted to provide for my people. So that's what I did when I finally got out of the traditional setting. I opened a brick and mortar clinic where I did massage. I did yoga coaching. You walked in and people would tell me it felt more like a spa than a clinical setting. I had essential oils. I still yes. do. Nice. And a yoga wall. And people are like, what's that? Are you going to hang me? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It worked. I attracted my people. And not to say that the traditional setting is bad, of course, because there are people that do succeed in there. And there's a lot of great therapists that work in the traditional setting. But for me, I felt the work that I felt called to do and the people I knew there was a group of people where that type of work, they weren't getting their needs met. And so it was a match here. And my business really succeeded. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I just want to be like, that's just amazing that you were able to build that business and like have that vision. So I just want to be like, celebrate the heck out of that. That's so cool. Yeah. It's hard to celebrate, but I'm part of my growth journey of celebrating. Yes. It's no easy feat. But man, I want to go back to what you said, because I think this is so important. I feel like you've talked about it so beautifully, too. Like some nervous systems just need a different approach. 
Yeah. And this is where everyone, I feel like we are so want to just latch onto something that we, you know, a quote that we read on Instagram or, oh, here's this thing that worked for this person. Therefore, it should work for me. And it's like, we are all such unique beings. And what works for one person might be their truth as to what works for them. And that could be the super intense, deep tissue. Like, I like a deep tissue massage. Like, I have like that. that. (laughs) And there are certain areas of my body, though, that I can't tolerate it. But yeah, it's like, and I feel better after it, right? It's like, I can touch in with my system. And it's like, that that works for certain things, not for everything. It's like, I even know what it will and won't work for. Yeah. And then, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for someone who has a different nervous system or a different type of pain. Like, I have a very specific particular pain where it's like, I, I don't touch it. Like touching it will make it worse. <laughs> yeah. I don't do deep tissue there. We so look to the external of like what's working for them or the therapist is saying this is what's supposed to work versus being like, wow, what's going on internal right. Yeah. Yes. And I so feel you on the I remember when I was in one clinic looking over at the PTA who had he was he was a little bit of a mess with all the love in the world, had set this patient up. Like, I just feel like he was not good at setting people up and like getting, like I was always about like making sure everyone was cozy and comfortable and like not yeah. supported, right? And like they were in a really good position. And this guy is literally, he forgot to put the headrest on. Oh no. And this guy is hanging off the table and just holding his neck up in midair, stick straight. Like it looked like he had a headrest underneath him. <laughs> but like, he wouldn't say anything to the therapist. You know what I mean? Like he was just yeah. taking it. And I like almost just waited like a good, like he had already been at it for a couple minutes. And I was just like, is he going to say anything? And of course, then I went over and was like, oh my God, please hear. <laughs> like, yeah. But it's amazing, right? In a situation like that, we get so scared to say something. Speak up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, this was like a middle-aged man who couldn't speak yeah. up for himself. So like yeah. that was a woman who has been, you know, shutting down her whole life, going to speak up for herself. Yeah. It doesn't feel right for my nervous system. Well, I know I worked in a setting where I was the new grad, but, you know, I had my over a decade of experience as a massage therapist. And one of the staff members had brutally injured her ankle. And the senior physical therapist was working on her and she was crying. Mm -hmm. And the next day I was talking to her and I was like, you know, there's a different way to get the mobility where it doesn't have to be so aggressive. I was like, do you want to just feel it and see if that works better for you? And she was like, sure. And she tried it. And she's like, and we got more movement since her body was more relaxed. I was actually able to go pretty deep. And I worked a lot of swelling out for her. And she's like, oh, my God, I feel so great. And I don't feel like I'm getting beat up. So the senior staff member came over to work on her again. And she like her nervous system went on guard. She was like, I can't do it. She goes in a very nice way. She was like, I think I'll just work with Allison. And his ego, I think, took a hit. And he got so mad, so mad at just the whole situation. And a lot of anger was present. And I think that's sometimes why people don't speak up is because they're afraid of that. You know? Gosh, yes, absolutely. That's awful. Yeah. And I think what's just so interesting, I was like trying to rack my brain to remember the scientific term for this. And maybe you know it. I just... It's been way too long. But a way your skin and your muscles react to force make it so like physiologically, the softer you go in and the gentler, the calmer you go in, you actually can go way deeper. Yeah, if totally. you just push, do you know what I'm talking about, right? It's like when you yeah, just like... I do. I don't if know. If you the te- go in, 
Yeah, we have like receptors in our words. Like if you just kind of like just dive in and try to go deep too fast, you'll literally feel your muscles spring back. It's almost like it shoots that you're open out. Yeah. yeah, it's a rebound effect. And versus if you go in slower and softer, you can get in way deeper. And so it's just like physiologically, it's supported that we don't just like ram on someone. But yet, because yeah. sometimes the injury itself is traumatic, like with a severe ankle sprain, probably there was a fall involved or some type of accident. And the body's already guarded and protected of that. And the trauma of the accident might not have been processed all the way through yet. We're surgery, right? And if you're going in hard, then it can trigger that. And I mean, even for total knees, right? You need aggressive work there. Uh-huh. Because I taught a lot of massages, like you can go in like an airplane where you come in smoothly, right? But you can still use good force and then you got to exit smoothly too. Yes. Otherwise, the body, the unconscious mind, our nervous system, we pick it up on that. It's always scanning. That amygdala is always scanning for danger. Yes. I have had multiple total knees that, have, not that I'm sorry, I hate referring to people as like a body part. It's just such a clinic thing. That's, I can't believe I just reverted back to that. Where like when I was working in a clinic that had like a, a lot of therapists where they were like, man, like she's stuck. And I'm just like, just, just put them on my schedule. Like I, I promise like I can get the mobility and it's yeah. just, I can see them like ramming into yeah. them. And it's just like kind of like back way up. It's like the stuck drawer thing. I don't know if you've yeah, it's right. right. It's like if you have a spatula stuck in your drawer, no amount of yanking on it is going to get it to open. It's like right. it's often up. Yeah, I like, call it the oh, backdoor approach. Yes. <laughs> My 12-year-old boy brain is like that. So, so funny. Sorry. I'm sorry if I just ruined that for you. No, that's fine. But now I'll always think about it. I know. So sorry. You're welcome. It's just like to like be in people's minds some inappropriate ways. Hilarious. But yeah, it's like a Chinese finger trap, too. That's like another great one. It's just, right? It's like you got to soften and like come out. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. yeah. So... Anyways, and I think this is such an important conversation because I know so many listeners have been to so many PTs and massage therapists and things like that. And I do think what I'm always trying to qualify on a call, if I'm talking to someone, getting to know them is like, did you have good PT? Like, did you have a good massage? Like, did it match your nervous system? It's not even like about the skill of a therapist. Like, I know some therapists who are so skilled in certain things where it's like, I am not like, please, like you go and see this guy for this thing don't see me. But like, it's like, did it match what you need? Right? Like, was that a good match? And I find that's getting harder and harder because of the way, unfortunately, insurances and clinics are set up. It's just all fast paced, like see as many people. There's no time with a therapist. And it's important that people are getting the physical therapy they need or getting the soft tissue work that they need on top of then the deeper nervous system work. Yeah, right. And some of the environments, again, it just depends. It matches the needs. But some of the PT environments where three people on the same table, on the same plinth, you know, large plinth or people next to you working out, doing their exercises with loud music blaring. That's good if you're in the strengthening portion of your rehabilitation or that's what you need at that moment. But if you need something else, it's it's not going to be a great match. It's not going to be a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you can feel your body kind of tense up when you walk in, like, right, that's just a good sign. Yeah. If you're suffering from migraines, that's not going to work. Exactly. Yeah. Fluorescent, tons of fluorescent lighting right over you is not helpful for migraines. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So what are you up to now? Yeah. So I will have the brick and mortar. 
I do. It's a she shed, which I just love. I love working from home. So I hired a contractor and built a she shed in our yard and I just love it. So I continued on the non-traditional path and I have some really, really great patients that I've worked with for a number of years now. And some of them keeping their bodies healthy is part of their professional livelihood, whether they're division one athletes on full rides or professional golfers or professional Grand Prix riders, tennis players. I work with some really great people and some people where gardening is their profession and they just like to feel better in the body or moms and professional homemakers. So I have a variety of really wonderful patients that have been working with me for a number of years and they keep coming and coming and coming. And during that time, when I had my brick and mortar, I started getting a lot of requests for business coaching because people would see like, oh, I love this non-traditional setting. Like, how did you get the courage to do something that was completely different? How did you make it work? How are you profitable? All the questions. So I just started accepting business coaching clients. And in fact, my pricing and my programs were exactly the same as my PT rates. I just kept everything the same. I'm like, okay, it's a package of 12. It's this rate. We're either going to do business coaching or we're going to do PT work. I'll just, and that started my journey. And so now the packages are different now for PT and business coaching, but my business coaching side of things has really exploded. And now primarily I do that. And I have do it both one-to-one and I have a group mastermind. And I just love that because we were talking about this before we hopped on hit record is that I teach strategy because that's often needed, but often what we end up working on once the strategy is implemented and in place, what a lot of my entrepreneurs find out is, oh, it wasn't a lack of strategy that was the problem. They actually had a hint of a marketing plan or were doing like really good marketing. What was actually holding them back was their own nervous system or their own thoughts. And that was leading them to kind of self-sabotage in, in certain ways. So we do a lot of that work, which is a lot of fun. I really enjoy that both personally learning more about that for myself and then helping my clients with that as well. Oh, that's so awesome. And they're just like so lucky to have someone who has such like a breadth of knowledge around that and like experience because it really is. I mean, just like we were talking about, like, right, it's like, what does your nervous system need right now? Is it action? Is it strategy? Or is it like, hold on, let's create safety in the nervous system? Yeah, look at exactly. Mindset you're holding that's protective response that, yeah, I have so many entrepreneur clients that have chronic pain and chronic pain is like you mentioned so many of your PT clients, they're professional athletes and it's like their bodies are their business. But it's like even if you're running you yourself, right, it's like your body is always your greatest asset. Yeah. Like if you're in pain and suffering, because I remember part of what opened my eyes to the coaching world and when I first stepped into it was because I was healing from a lot of surgeries and health stuff myself. And I realized, oh my goodness, when I was 100% in my brick and mortar and teaching a lot of yoga classes and leading trainings and everything, my body was the biggest limit because if I don't have energy, if I'm having to recover from a surgery, like I can't show up. That's it. Yeah. No, not at all. It's like, how are you going to serve someone if your own cup isn't full? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another thing that I find for a lot of the women, especially, but honestly, it applies to the men just as much, is that 
I find that their nervous systems are actually holding on to this. It's almost like this fear of success or this like threat in success, especially for women, right? Who are like now all of a sudden they're in a business or they're a coach themselves or helping other women. And at what point in history has that been safe for Yes, exactly. Yes. I was going to say that's like a lineage thing. Yes. Right. And so it's like like generations. Exactly. And the way I always put it is like, what's the best way to stop you from doing that? pain. It's really good at stopping you, right? It's to me, it's protective. It's like, oh, don't do that. This is dangerous. Yeah. Right? This could literally get you killed. And so they're going to feel like stuck and just totally paralyzed in their business. Mm-hmm. And what do you do the nervous system work and help to find the safety and reprogram all that? It's just amazing then the effect that they get to have on the world. <laughs> Yeah, I'm using their voice. I experienced that myself. Like I remember with consultations, like with the brick and mortar, I could get by because I was so differentiated in my community. Like I was getting referrals from other PTs because no one did the work that I was doing. And so I had a lot of people show up to my consultations like they're already bought in. They just wanted to know the details and the price and work out the budget and the timing of things. But they're already bought in. So I I kind of got around it and bypassed that. But when I moved more into the coaching and the online world, I was finding myself on Zoom on these consultations, like literally freezing. Like people were saying words on the other side of the Zoom screen. And I was like a deer in headlights. And then the words that would come out of my mouth would be like, yep, okay, I understand. And hang up, you know, and I realized I was having like a total nervous system response. And so I hired my own coach and we do to process a lot of the trauma and what I was feeling in my nervous system and create that safety. And for me, it's a capacity to handle more discomfort. For me to feel a broader span of emotions, anywhere from like fear or doubt or just any kind of uncomfortable feelings in my body and know that the floor is not going to drop out from underneath me. I am safe. It's okay to feel this. I can breathe through it and calm myself down to show up for the other person. So I can be curious and in a place of service for that other person to help them. Ever since I've moved through that, I have a huge respect and I see it in my clients now when they show up and they're like, oh yeah, I I went to this event and I tried to do this or I tried to do that and this is what happened. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Don't gloss over this. Tell me exactly what you said. What did you feel in the moment? And that will really drive the actions that they took. And so we just back it up and we work through whatever that is, whether it be tap or breath movement or just breaking down the thoughts. And for a lot of entrepreneurs, sometimes like marketing consistently, it's a lack of belief that they don't feel safe enough or believe that their business will work for them in the way that they visualize. Or maybe they're so busy, like you said, and they're successful. They're afraid of that success. Like, will they burn out? Will they be able to support their clients enough? There's a lot of sometimes unconscious fears and underneath all that. And sometimes if you just bring it to the surface and acknowledge it, then that's enough. Or we make a plan through it or we tap through it or you know, whatever kind of somatic type processing works for that person. Oh, I love that. And I really, really like that you touched on the increasing the tolerance for discomfort. I feel like that is so key. And that is so much of my work is about and what I've had to work through myself massively. Because I think for so long when I got into the 
personal development world, I thought that feeling it uncomfortable feeling meant something had gone wrong. Yes, exactly. Or it's like, oh, it must mean I can think back that having just so believing in and feeling like I read stuff to support this, where if you're totally aligned, then it should feel so easy. Sure. Like that's the biggest crock of shit. And trip to something. Yeah. Yeah, it feels terrible. You just know it's right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, I had a coach. She said once to me, like, with the decision, and I was in the place to be able to feel into, lean into the discomfort of this harder decision. And she's like, Allison, this is the right decision for you. It's just not the easiest, but it's the right. And I was like, 100%. And that's why it felt so uncomfortable. And my body like wanted to move away from that discomfort and go down the easy path, which to me felt like you could even say like my intuition was saying the other path was the right path because it just felt natural and I could have flow and all the things, but it wasn't the right path for me. And how do I know? Because I went down that harder path and now I'm where I want to be. If I had went the other way, that would have been a distraction, actually. And maybe I would have gotten to where I am, but I think it would have been a more labor-intensive route. Yeah, it's a longer route. Very scenic journey. Yeah, scenic's right. Because we all are going to do that sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, and I think that is where the so much nuance comes in, right? It's like, I'm all about listening to your body, but it doesn't mean you do what your body says. Yeah, right. We donuts all the time. Yeah, I would. Yeah, for sure. And it's what part of our body are we listening to? I don't know if you like go into part, like do parts work at all, but it's- A little bit, yeah. Yeah, is this your six-year-old part that's terrified of that decision that's right now trying to make this decision, then like, of course, it's going to feel wrong and terrible versus when you tap into your self-energy or your true self or your authentic self, it's still going to feel really hard and uncomfortable and all those thoughts and feelings and your six-year-old part's going to be shouting at you, (laughs) but you're like, I know this is right. Yeah. And I think we've all had that moment where we are making a decision where people are telling us that it's the wrong decision or like what are you thinking what are you doing and it's just like the voices like it's like they don't even matter you're like i just know this is right yes it's solid yes solid is such a good word but it doesn't mean it doesn't feel terrifying edgy yeah solid and edgy at the same time yes Yes. And I think the other big point of clarification, because I think this is worse. I know so many people get stuck in myself. It's like, okay, but how do I know what's right? How do I not use that against me when I'm in a PT office and you're digging out my soft tissue? And it's like, what if I'm feeling too fear here that I should just white knuckle through, right? It's like, well, no, not in that scenario. (laughs) Right. Like, how do you tell the difference? And I think a lot of times we can make the decision from that really solid, grounded place. And then you commit to it. And then you know that the actual individual actions that you're going to have to take are going to probably feel really crappy. But it's like just remembering, okay, but I already committed to this. Like this, is Yeah, fine. you got to see it through. Then you find out, oh, actually, that kind of worked, but not really. You know, you got to just assess afterwards and be like, you take the parts of it that did work and you're like, okay, I'm going to repeat those parts for a therapist. Yeah, that clinic setting actually worked. But the therapist and I... We didn't. So maybe I go to the same clinic, try a different therapist. You know, you you take the parts that work and then you learn from the parts that don't work and you repeat it again. So you're not always abandoning everything and recreating the wheel. Or I find a lot of entrepreneurs like beat themselves up during that, you know, like I failed. But that trial and error and the erring side, the failure side, it's 
part of being a human being. We're going to fail. We're going to get it wrong. And again, that's like the ability to handle that failure. It's uncomfortable. And sometimes we try to avoid that failure at all costs that we end up setting ourselves up for the failure in the end. Or we're just feeling the effects of the failure before we even failed because we're like, holding that failure in our body. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. That's like what anxiety is right there, right? It's like you're already just living yes. the future moment of failure that yes. hasn't even happened yet. 100%. <laughs> yes. And I laugh only because I can relate so much. I'm yep, not there. anyone tries to experiencing this, right? It's yep. so true. And that willingness to take a step. There's so many perfectionists who are listening to this, right? It's like, you're like, but I just want to make the right decision. Like, let me try to think ahead. And it's like, you cannot see what the next step is until you've taken that step. Yeah. Like, you can't assess how it went for you without doing the thing. Yeah. You can't assess if that modality worked for you unless you go and try that modality. Yeah. Or the combination, the create your own thing like I did. Like, I didn't get it perfectly right out of the gate. I had to kind of fumble around and figure it out. Because when I was doing yoga and more massage than nutritional work, yeah, I was bringing strengthening and stuff in, but I'm very hypermobile. And so I had a lot of PTs tell me, like, what are you doing? Yoga injures people. And this was 10, 15 years ago. So there wasn't the research on it. So I had to go against, like, the grain. But I just trusted myself because, first of all, I had evidence like it helped my own healing journey recover from the surgeries when I was discharged from PT. And they said, oh, that's as good as you're going to get. And I was like, no, I refuse to believe that. I think I was a little rebellious at the time. But Oh, no, that was me too. With my after I had my concussion, they're like, well, that sucks. That's you're going to have to learn to live with it. And it's just like, no, thanks. Yeah, no, I'm not can accept that. So there was more. I had three surgeries on my wrist and now I do a handstand. I don't have a problem. I, my surgeon told me if I chose a career with my hands, I'd have arthritis by the time I was 25. And this was when I was 19. And what did I do? Enroll in massage school. Love it. That's like I've been working with my hands for 20 plus years. I don't have arthritis, you know? Yes, repeat that. Because I think, again, there's a lot of listeners who have things, right, that they've been told stuff like this. Oh, but I have this injury. I can't do X, Y, Z. And it's like, of course, there's going to be like certain situations where there are certain limitations. limitations. Yeah. Man, the amount of stuff that, no offense, surgeons that they say or, you know, doctors say that it's just, they might not know the whole truth. No, no. anybody or your body. Yeah. And then he had come to the limits of what he could do. Like Mm -hmm. he did three surgeries. I had plates in and pins in and all kinds of things. And he said it with such compassion. He's like, I am so sorry. I tried my best. It was a really extensive injury. I wouldn't choose a career with your hands. I'm like, I can't take off the gas thing. I can't move my hand that sideways. Oh my car. I'm like, I can't fill my car up with gas. I always have to have a passenger. I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, this is unacceptable. But I didn't know what I was going to do. I just stumbled into a yoga class, fortunately, and started working just when every week I couldn't do any of the stuff. I would just kind of make my own variations and try, but I kept going and eventually it healed and I felt a lot better in my mind. And I was like, huh, there must be something to this. Yeah, right. No kidding. I just really want to highlight the incredibleness of that, of your willingness to show up in yoga of all things, which is insanely wrist heavy. <laughs> and, and, okay, and be there and still show up and just modify the moods and be willing to look different from everyone, right? Because I think that's such a barrier is, well, I can't do that thing yet, right? But it, well, if you don't start doing anything, like the reality is you'll never be able to do it. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. it's not like you're going to wake up one day and all of a sudden be able to do the move that you want to do. I, I just take it step by step. Yeah. It's like, where can you meet yourself exactly where you are and be, just be willing to show up for yourself exactly as you are? Yeah. And sometimes it's like the popcorn effect where you put the popcorn bag into the microwave and the first minute, minute 50, nothing happens. And all of a sudden you start to see the results of the microwave. For me in that experience, I remember I went for a good three months or six months before I really started to see more movement in my wrist. But I kept going because I never had, because this was back in the late 90s or so. And so Tony Robbins and that type of like Deepak Shogra, they were just starting to come up on the scenes. And I had just never heard anyone. And I'm in California from New York, you know, from the East Coast. I had never heard anyone speak this way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was like such hope a lot of the times to hear her message. I just felt it was like so inspiring. It gave me such hope when I didn't realize that I was lacking in hope. So I brought all that into that brick and mortar clinic. And it felt really scary at times to be doing that type of work because here I am like coaching and talking about Deepak Chopra and Anthony Robbins and yoga. And it just wasn't done like that back then. Yes. Oh my gosh, I feel like something that just like endlessly fascinates me. You know, it's like, what made you get into that and like stick with it? I was like trying to remember, I I try to think back all the time of like, why did I get into what I do? Like I didn't have some like defining moment in my life. It was just, it just made sense. Yeah. Like I remember just starting to research. I had been on ADHD meds my whole life and I was in college and I was just like, there's got to be something else. And like I had been to so many doctors and they're like, nope, like like the meds were causing all types of side effects. And I couldn't exercise because my heart rate would spike to like over 200. And they're like, that sucks. It was just like such a hot mess. And I was just like, this just doesn't make sense. So I just started researching and finding out that like, oh, maybe drinking six Diet Cokes a day is not a good idea or eating like an entire tub of Ben and Jerry's for dinner is also not a good idea. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, apparently what you put in your body matters. Like no one told me this. Yeah, totally. Mind blowing. (laughs) Yeah. But it's so funny because, you know, it's like there's people who will never question it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just what it is. What like makes some, I don't know, it's like always, that's that's an unanswerable question, but it's like, what makes that tick? What makes someone think to dive into something further versus just be like, okay, because I'm sure there's a million things in my life where I don't question as I have a six-year-old who has taught me about all kinds of electronics things and asked me questions about why certain things work. I know that there's a lot that I don't question. Because yeah. I've never thought about why or how the railroad lights start blinking when a train comes. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah, there's totally. so just fascinating of like what makes people just question certain things. I'm like, I need yeah. to learn more about that. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm going to keep doing this thing that I don't even know if it's going to work, but I'm just going to keep doing it for six months. We'll see. But yeah. no, it just well. And at that time, I felt like I had tried everything and it was like so different than anything that the way my family talked, the way the other practitioners talked. I was what's there to lose? <laughs> just keep yeah. trying and trying. It's providing hope. And, you know, when I started doing embodying that work for myself, like as the practitioner, there was times I called myself I was in the yogi closet <laughs> or even when I was in the yoga world and I had a mentor and she was like helping guide combining physical therapy and yoga. I was in such the shadow because I was afraid to use my voice and really speak out and trust my expertise and my opinion. So there was times like where I really had to learn how to be uncomfortable and back my opinion up and 
and voice my opinion. In fact, that's one of the first things I learned when I started recording a podcast. I was like, if I couldn't predict how vulnerable that felt to like, (laughs) you know, like share your voice and your opinion. I thought I was ready for that. But working through all that previous work, that was another level. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like having your own business. I think we've already said this. Having your own business is like the fastest like route to self-development of like, let's bring up every old wound and trauma and block and limitation. If you want to know what's lying underneath, just start a business. It's a great way to do it. Totally. Which is why you can never compare your business to someone else's business because you just have no idea where they're starting from. And everything from tangible financial resources to audience size to your own own nervous system work and growth without any judgment or criticism. It's just how it is. Like we all start from different places. So we're going to grow at different speed. Yes. And that is something that I need to remind myself of all the time. Because when I first started even just posting a picture of food on Instagram, because I am a nutritional therapist as well. So that was like kind of where I started dabbling into the side thing. I would get intense pangs of I'm going to get thrown in jail. Yes. I I was terrified of yeah, being like thrown in jail. And I wasn't even saying anything. I was like, drink water. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't, I don't kill me. If it's like the PT thing. And if you step outside, I literally thought when I'd post about yoga, when I first started doing it, like I was going to get witch hunted by a bunch of PTs. Like they were faceless, like no one in particular, but just PTs were going to hunt me down and tell me what I was doing was wrong. Totally. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And you know what I found out later? And I found this all out after the fact, like after I had done massive amounts of healing, like I only found this out last year, I think, that my grandpa on one side was jailed for having a business and my great grandpa on the other side was jailed for having a business. Uh, Last time, I wonder. (laughs) Not to mention just like, like you said, like the witch hunt, right? Like I feel like that's that's a common one because it's like, again, you're a woman talking about being embodied, like... There were witch hunts for that. Like, yes. Our system remembers. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, we all get to decide, right? Like, what's the hard that's worth it? And I don't know, somehow I keep choosing this. <laughs> and it doesn't feel like there's another option. Yeah. Right? It's just like, well, yeah. It's like, no, I heal those cycles. Yeah, I remember after one of my surgeries, I was healing back from cancer and I was having a serious talk with my husband and he's like, now, are you sure you want to go back to your business? You know, because it is an undertaking. And at the time I was overworking, so I had to retrain myself out of that. But I considered going back into the traditional PT role and working for someone else. And I'm like, no, can't do it. No, can't do it. (laughs) Me either. There's right. It's just listening to your body of like, no, this is just so much more aligned. And so I'm so curious. Like you have had, yeah, like you said, like multiple chronic injuries mm-hmm. and surgeries, mm-hmm. and like yet you're here today. Like, what is? I don't know. See, so if you had to bring it down, not that it is ever one thing at all, because that is like so dishonoring of your journey and everything you've been through. But I think it's my path. I think it's the deck of cards I was given in life. I think I'm here to help inspire others. It's so funny, like people, occasionally I'll get a new referral from one of my current patients and they'll come in and as they're describing a lot of things I've experienced. One of my old time yoga students, she's been with me for over a decade or more. She's like, I feel like you've lived the life of nine people before you were even 40 years old. And I was like, yeah, I think it's just part of my journey to show people that you can persevere, you can get through it, and nothing's gone wrong. 
nothing's gone wrong and it's just a new level of evolution that you're going to work through. And part of my work too is I remember I was working with one of my practitioners and she's like, maybe, maybe we can teach your nervous system and your unconscious mind that there's softer and more gentle ways to learn the lessons. What? No. <laughs> what about maybe? Not baby. Yes. That's like what I always tell people. It's like, well, when you start listening to your body, doesn't you just scream quite so loud? <laughs> starts to hint at you a little sooner. Yeah. Hello. So I have been, though, you know, in terms of my own health, I think I have been trying to do that because I've never felt better in my body. I have the genetic mutation. It's called Lynch syndrome. So I go for a lot of cancer screenings, but they're always clear. So everything's been really, really good. And I feel really confident, like if something were to pop up, because I am more aware, I do move slower. I take better care of myself that if worst case, something were to pop up, There's no reason to shame myself like I did before because can't always get it perfect and right. But if something were to happen, I get it taken care of. It'll be fine. I really feel that way. Like it'll all be fine. So I'm not really concerned about any of that anymore, really. Oh, yeah. I think that is such a powerful place to be because it's like we can't predict what's going to happen. Like there's no way to predict it. There's no way to know. Like you could do everything right and right in quotes, right? And sure. Like do we even know yeah. what that means? No. And just shit happens. Things happen. And so I think it's so much more empowering to have that knowing of no matter what is put in my path that I can figure out. Like I don't need to even know how to deal with it or what I would do or have a five-step plan at all. It's just trust. Mm-hmm. And if but in front of me, it means that I'm going to figure out my way through or I guess literally die trying because what else is there to do? I mean, exactly. right? But it's like there can be this like solidness where it's like very freeing and you yeah. don't like, worry about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it, it, that is like you'll figure it out or you'll find the people, the resources to help you through. Oh, thank you for saying that. Yeah. I think that when I say you'll figure it out or like even in my own head when I'm saying that to myself because it's yeah, it's like unspoken like, thing. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean I have to figure it mm-hmm. out myself yeah. alone. It means right. even trusting that I will be the correct resources will just be put and in, come into my life as they need or I will be able to find them as I need because there's no way that we can do any of this alone. Mm-hmm. No. And that's yeah. part of the healing often is bringing in another nervous system to help our nervous system exactly. and support. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Allison, I want to be respectful of your time. This has been such an amazing conversation and you have been so inspiring. You know, me watching you kind of from afar, just running your business and you doing everything. Yes, you so, too. Thank that's- you for this. Where can people find you? Oh, it's igniteyourwellness.com. And the your is a U-R. So it's igniteyourwellness.com. Many things to do there. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. And I'll put it all in the show notes as well. If there's any last words you have, feel free to say them. Otherwise, thank you so, so much for being on here. Know, thank you. And if you have like a dream or a goal or a vision, like just keep going. Take it one step at a time. Beautiful. Amazing words to end on. Thank you so much, Alison. Thank you. I will always have such a special place in my heart for other entrepreneurs, coaches, or people that are just carving their own way in this world. 
It was funny after this episode, it got me thinking of how much I really love getting to witness people that are building their own business as well to put their message out there. And it made me realize that over 80% of my clients are entrepreneurs. And I don't think I had ever realized how high that percentage was. Obviously, I love working with every single one of my clients, but there's just something so cool to see someone who is willing to put themselves out there in a way that is just so visible, so vulnerable, and so authentic. I'm not sure there's anything that really calls for that like entrepreneurship does. Now, not everyone is gonna be an entrepreneur or feels called, and of course, that's totally fine, but I just wanted to say that if you are an entrepreneur or someone who strives to be one and you're facing chronic pain, I just want you to know you are not alone. And in fact, inside my Pain to Power community, you will find many other entrepreneurs that are on this journey in a powerful way, putting themselves out there, and because they are connecting deep with their own body's wisdom, they are finding so much more success, so much more ease in their business, and so much more radical alignment that is giving them more time freedom and reaching more clients and having a bigger impact. It is so cool to witness. And if you want to learn more about that, jump on an energy up-level call with me. It is in the show notes and I cannot wait to dive deeper with you. See you next time.